Hi, this is Randy Landry, and this is June the 13th, and this is my 79th podcast on Common Sense and Ramblings in America. Um, today I'm going to read um, a couple of chapters from my third book that I just published, um, and the name of the book is The Making Life of a Registered Nurse in the Era of COVID-19. Chapter 2 will be my pre-med years, and chapter 3 will be the influences of my first wife. So um, I will begin reading without any further ado. Well, let's backtrack this a smidge like I always seem to want to do. Um, you can also read these chapters um, in my blog, common-sense-america.com, or even better yet, you can go on Amazon Prime and buy my books. Um, the ebook is available, and uh, the paperback book is available as well, and the hardback will be available in a few days. Um, so, okay, now we can begin. Even though I graduated with honors in high school, I was ill-prepared for college. Due to monetary reasons and logistics, I opted to start in a junior college first. Being that my high school was not that highly rated, as was the norm for most Florida schools, I had a lot of making up to do. To catch up, I had to go to school year-round because my placement test scores were low in all the core subjects. I had to make, take non-credit earning remedial classes in English, math, and chemistry. I, however, was not alone in this boat. As it turned out, most of these classes were full of my high school classmates. It was like being back in high school all over again. Not a very strong testament for the quality of my school or the teachers working there. You notice that I did not say teaching there, right? For most of them, it was nothing but a job, and they seemed to take little joy in passing on their knowledge. Enough for the school bashing. This book was not meant to act as a source for re school reform. Teachers back then were underpaid and worked as they still are today. My two years at the junior college ended with little fanfare. I graduated with honors and left there armed with a firm foundation in mathematics and the sciences and was ready to finish my last two years at the state university. Not only was the distance to the school three times as far, the tuition was three times as much as well. Class sizes went from 20 to 30 students up to as much as 400 students from my undergraduate genetics class. No longer did you get to talk to the instructor in person. You talked to TAs or teaching assistants. They were basically graduate students studying under the professor. They also ran all the labs as well. One whole building was devoted to chemistry. The school truly dwarfed my junior college. The college campus covered several square miles. We subsequently had to arrive at school much earlier, so you had time to walk the longer distances to your classes. I am extremely happy that I did not start my college career there first. I would have never survived, and I most likely have quickly flunked out. This would have been partly due to the fact that the school was not only huge and impersonal, it was a party college, and the girls were outrageous there. I would have never been able to concentrate. Being in Florida where it is very hot, the girls, in order to stay cool, seem to hardly wear anything at all. I was a young man to stay focused with all these wonderful distractions. The only negative that arose for me splitting up my years between two colleges was that the medical school I applied to only looked at my GPA for my last two years at the university. In most degree programs, the last two years contained the hardest classes. Pre-med was no different. While my grades and my first two years were very competitive, my grades for the last two years were not nearly so. When I went to see a counselor at the medical school, I was asked if I knew anyone. I said no. 
he said I could always go to school in Granada. So I ended my father's dreams for me being a medical doctor. While my hopes for becoming a medical doctor were dashed, at least for the short term, I had not given up on the medical field yet. There was still an option for a dual degree program, which was geared for medical research as opposed to actual patient care. With the program, I would have a PhD and an MD behind me. I would also be able to do groundbreaking work in the field of neuroscience, just like my stepbrother. Unfortunately, even though my four-year degree average was over 3.5, my average for the last two years was only 3.2. A's had been a lot harder to come by in all the science classes that I had taken. This is where the snobbery factor came into place. Even though my counselor said the junior college route amounted to the same thing as going to a university for the full four years, they lied. The university did not care at all that I had graduated with honors. They only thought about their classes and their programs. Even though I aced the placement exam, they said that I did not meet the requirements for this program. I think I fell back to the fact that I did not know anyone at the university. So now I had two roadblocks to run my way. With limited resources and even more limited connections, my medical hopes were both by my where both my father and myself were virtually over. However, as we all know, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. If that were the case, I would not be writing this story. Now that my career path considerably reduced, I was left with a few options. The degree in biology teaching was the best and probably pretty much only option left to me. Not exactly what I was hoping for. I had, however, several choices for the subject matter I would teach. Since I had enough credits in chemistry, biology, and, and mathematics, I could teach school in any of these three subjects. I also had the option to teach in high school or in junior high school. So I gave it a shot. I easily aced all three classes, but I soon realized that I had no interest in teaching at this level. If I was going to teach, I wanted it to be at a university where the students there actually wanted to learn. Well, at least most of them did anyway. I also decided that I was frankly tired of the sciences, and being that history had always been my first love, I switched gears. Before I could enter into the graduate program in history, I had to fulfill the undergraduate requirement, in which was only four additional classes. I easily aced all four of these classes and proceeded into the Master of Arts program in history. My area of specialty was the Industrial Revolution and the Great Depression. I thought I knew what was ahead of me, but little did I know how poor of a career path this would be as well. After two years of going to school part-time, I was only half done with my master's degree. The part-time job I had taken to pay for my schooling was actually paying off. As it turned out, I was making as much money now as I would be making as a starting professor in a junior college with a master's degree. So I simply said, enough is enough. After eight years of college and two worthless degrees, I decided to cut my losses. I wanted to live life and not study it. If you at least read my first book, you know that I became involved in competing in triathlons. I spent the next four years pursuing this interest. I also focused on my career at the grocery chain that I was currently working in. Now that I was more serious about the job, my prospects began to improve some. I finally broke into the rarefied field of lower management. This is how I met my future first wife, which I will discuss in the following chapter. I quickly received my first promotion, and as a part of the deal, I relocated to a new store where I was to be the night manager. Little did I know that my future wife was working there as a night cashier. 
was doing so to pay for her prerequisites for the nurse RN program. We hit it off immediately, and I'm, the one criteria that I had for my woman besides being warm was that she did not snore. My fiancé had snored like a damn tractor trailer. So I promised that I could see with her was that she smoked. She promised me that she would quit smoking, so I agreed to give her two years to quit. After a whirlwind courtship of one month, we got married in the oldest city in the country, St. Augustine, Florida. We had our problems, as do all married couples. I discussed in my first book the issues we had with her smoking and how we worked out them. Besides, it is not germane to this book. Eventually, she completed her entry-level classes, and after having aced the entrance exam, she began the associate degree in nursing program. After two years, she graduated with honors and was quickly hired at a local community hospital to an evening position. By this time, I was promoted again to an evening management position. Our schedules coincided almost perfectly. Hers was 3 to 11 p.m., while mine was 3 to midnight. This went on for a couple years, and we were fairly happy. I was promoted yet again, and now I was the third manager or customer service manager of the store. I was responsible for the largest department of the store with over 30 employees under my direct supervision. In the hierarchy of things, I was actually considered to be a co-assistant manager. The other assistant was in charge of the grocery end of the store. However, as we all know, nothing lasts or is permanent. Avid readers of mine will also know that something always bad happens after I have enjoyed a period of prosperity. I am not sure what the deriving force of this movement was, but it became a national movement. This was the move towards 12-hour shifts for nursing and respiratory therapy staff. At my wife's hospital, this meant that she would work a 7p to 7am shift. With this change, our idyllic life was turned on its head. We went from having a considerable amount of time to spend together to virtually no time together at all. After six months, I had enough of this, so we sat down to discuss our options. With our two incomes coming in, we were finally achieving solvency, so this was a big decision to make. I told her that we had two choices, either get a divorce or I change careers and enroll in the nursing program. I said I would work as long as I could while doing going to school, but eventually I would have to cut back at work because the program was full-time, five days a week. We both agreed that we did not want a divorce, so I applied to the program. And this concludes the reading of Chapter 3. What a cliffhanger. Alright, until we meet again. And if you just can't wait until the next podcast comes out, of course you can go to my blog. Alright guys, you have a great day. Take care.